0: Full of frank, I dreamt that I Was with the devil below In his great big fiery hall
1: Where the devil Was giving a ball I checked my coat and
0: hat And started gazing at The merry crowd Who came to witness the show And I must confess to you There were many there I knew Hello At the devil Welcome to The Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. A lot of stuff. Mostly yep. other stuff. So yep. much stuff. High priority other stuff. Uh, I'm Jacob, and with me this week are my co-hosts, Jamin. Hello! And Victoria. Hello! And I'm Jacob, which I just said. Hello! <laughs> this, is, this is episode 64 <laughs> of The Dispatchist. Wow. It's like a Beatles song. a uh, Dibbuck Box of Fun. Goo <laughs> goo tubes. Ah, yay. I suspect we'll come back to the world of ancient Israel any number of times in the future, but this is kind of a wrap-up on this particular arc. And
2: <laughs> That's what we've been doing since, like, 2001, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 I think so. <laughs> uh, and then we'll start on something more lightweight, like torture. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh,
2: maybe a Satanic Panic Memoirs.
0: Ooh, that'd be we're fun. We're going to have an
2: Oprah Book Club up satanic
0: panic memoirs it was super fun being on stage all together at SatanCon. that was it really was. neat it was mm-hmm. yeah i let the applause go to my head and you yeah, know started dancing a little bit yeah. a little, bit, little uh-huh. bit yeah excitement
2: we got uh i don't know if you saw on facebook but somebody um complimented us on our dancing
0: at the ball they did oh Satan did <laughs> 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 what a confused person
2: if you go to our Facebook page, you will see the you will see the the compliment. Oh, and I need to post pictures too. From yeah, we think I we don't do. think we have any pictures of us dancing because that would have been weird.
0: True, kind of meta.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have any hell news this week? I have some hell. Well, it's new to me. Hell news.
0: Oh, so sometime in the last ten years.
2: Yes, roughly uh, in the last ten years. Rock on I Chicago. <laughs> 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 so, um, so I don't. Do you guys? I. I've talked about the debit box before. Right. And so it's right yes. behind Jamin right now. Yes. It's right behind you. So just a short refresh on the debit box. There's a story that was started by this guy who was selling it on eBay about how he bought this box um, from the estate of a woman, an 103-year-old woman who had, who had survived the Holocaust, her grandkids we're told to never,
0: ever open the box. <laughs> that um, <laughs> makes it slightly older than the legend of the Dybbuk itself.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. So, they never opened it, sold it to this guy, told him never to open it.
0: Mm-hmm. The guy
2: refinishes his furniture, decides to open it, yeah. make it a gift for his mom. But,
0: terrible well, that, things happen. That adds a level of interest to it.
2: Yes. So terrible. Th- Happy like, Mother's Day. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's a story of her, you know, using, after her stroke, like, spelling out, hate gift
0: <laughs> crawling upside down backwards down the stairs <laughs> right, right
2: so and terrible things happened to his family so he just wanted to sell this box so eventually it makes its way to zach uh what's his name zach Gal-
0: it's it's... <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: no it's not it's not zach baggins the famous ghost hunter has a haunted museum <laughs> i i know i always want to call him Zach Brannigan um <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I> <laughs> but mean... so zach
2: Zach um, Baggins is kind of well-known as being one of those guys who goes and shouts at ghosts on TV. Okay. and um, But he has a haunted museum. I think it's in Nevada. And so, he has the Dybbuk box.
0: You know, we have a haunted museum in Austin.
2: Yes, we do. We do at we? the uh, Glass Coffin.
0: At the Velvet Casket.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. It moved moved across the parking lot. <laughs> on
0: its own accord.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's fantastic. And I strongly recommend everybody go there.
0: But I interrupted.
2: Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, that's kind of our brand. So, Post Malone's hanging out at the museum with Zach
0: I gotta and everybody. Say Post Malone really looks like a Hobbit too.
2: He does a tattooed Hobbit. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about his music, so I don't have any judgment there. But they were like, I think they were drunk, and um, <laughs> I think <laughs> Zach Zach uh, Baggins, Bilbo Baggins, kind of showed like showed him the box and accidentally touched it. it. Yeah. Well, it's already like, he he definitely, op- I think he opened it, but touching of the box occurred. And afterwards, all this bad stuff started happening to post Malone. Oh. Like he had a, a car accident and.
0: Re- reconsidered his tattoos. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think something like maybe he had a house fire. What? Um. Oh, here we go. Um, in a span of what, of a month, rapper Post Malone had dodged three fatal incidents: a fluky airplane ride, a car crash, and an armed burglary. So he blames the divot box.
1: But hasn't hasn't it already been debunked by yeah. the actual seller? as like, by by the way, guys, this is a great story. I made it up.
2: Right, like I'm a writer. This is what I do. Yeah, but see, okay, so yeah, so Zach Baggins, What's I think. The- Yeah, he's a showman. Let's just say he's a showman.
0: Well, to the best of my knowledge, Post Malone is not a a lady person in an unwanted marriage.
2: (laughs) No, not a lady person in an unwanted marriage. But, but, well, we'll get to the Dybbuk box, but he does fit into other categories of people who uh, are at risk of getting possessed by Dybbuk.
0: I guess artist.
2: But, but. Yes. (sighs) You have so many, so many things to say,
1: right? He said, guys, I mean, maybe, maybe he invited it to be re-haunted, or more haunted, or,
0: like, creating the opportunity. How much of our lives is imaginary, really? I mean, this is a small, small thing in the world. All of it. Post Malone doesn't exist? The Teletubbies are going to be in a video with not, little Nas X, I mean.
2: <laughs> Which is, oh my god. Yes, I love little Nas X. Um, anywho, so Bat, Yeah. So, I don't think it was open, but it was uh, – Protective Baggins lifted the protective case off for the first time ever while Baggins was holding that. Uh,
0: while they were drunk.
2: Right. Post Malone touched a shoulder, thereby kind of like – Baggins was a the, the, conduit.
0: The tr- transitive property of dipboxing. boxing.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. So, that's the news. That's the news. And this happened a few years ago, but it's still making the rounds.
0: Well, I have a pair of which one is real stories. Okay. The Satanic Temple has had their first successful launch of an Educating with Satan club. Ages, for kids ages 5 to 12, with science, community community service, nature activities, and lots of fun in a very secular, non-religious-directed manner. So, that's kind of neat. And uh, I guess, predictably, ironically, non-ironically, the first one is in Hellertown, Pennsylvania.
2: Ah! A little on the nose.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So the other article is, I think it originated with a blog, uh, a Spanish blog, talking about photos of Satanists teaching the rituals and worship of Lucifer to children in libraries across the United States are leaked. Um, (laughs) The largest of these gatherings is Zetancon in Boston. (laughs) So this this frantic uh, blog post came with a lot of very fun imagery of like hypothetical. Deep fantasy, uh, AI-generated, satanic library story time. Is that what happened? That's that's what the huge spam of images for me was, yes. It looks uh, so fun.
2: But it, it, there's not a drag queen amongst them.
0: Well, that's illegal it's, now.
2: Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, but there's children sitting around a pentacle rug, a lovely man with four goat horns reading from a, a massive tome, charming children in charming little... Goat headdresses—they're so adorable. Yeah, yeah. No.
2: yeah. little satanic Loki's.
0: The best one is like twenty little kids with horns on their heads, throwing up their hands in various three to seven-fingered versions. <laughs> of the,
1: <laughs> none of, of which <laughs> are actually <laughs> the
0: sign of the horn, right? Well, yeah, no. Some of them are. They're all like impossible. jazz hands. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I'll I'll post those with our show notes. It's really fun imagery. The images are from the Pumpkin Empress, who uh, they're not real, and she says they're not real, but you know. People believe what they're going to believe. Yep. And Zatan Khan.
2: So does that mean that all the people outside were (laughs) Zotesters?
1: I told my mom, I was like, yeah, we went to Satin Khan. We talked about fine fabric
0: for a weekend.
2: Or Satan. Like talked about, you know, meat alternatives. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, That sounds good. Mm -hmm.
0: Does anybody have anything for the party?
2: Jamin, do you?
1: There was have a anything? box of granola bars downstairs, and it didn't look like anybody was eating it, so I brought them up here.
2: Oh, are they? They look expired.
1: No, they're Jacob's granola bars.
2: <laughs> Something still look expired. Yeah, they're does <laughs> Jacob have some resurrection?
0: <laughs> I can't stand them.
2: Powers, <laughs> but you don't like them.
0: <laughs> they're off, off, off Broadway, off brand.
2: They're they're mixed fruit. Yes, are they? <laughs> Granula bars? <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure I saw a fave one in there. <laughs> Just a granola with an umlaut. <laughs> Gr-
1: granula. <laughs> um, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh he said I
0: can have the granola bars. You heard a deer first. Yes. Yay. Breaking the box. Yes. Bad idea. Uh, I have some entertainment. It's kind of low key entertainment tonight. Being swallowed by a towering and awesome six horned fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Well, that's, funny. that's
1: I like that that's very clean.
0: Yeah, it's kind of chill.
1: Uh-huh. And still kind of actually a terrifying punishment, you know. Right,
0: right, right.
2: Mm-hmm. I have a drink. Oh. Yes. It's the golem cocktail.
0: Sounds kind of silty.
2: <laughs> that's right. Um, but first I have to write something on the glass.
1: Oh, no. Mm. E
2: M. E-T. Okay, so now I can tell you what's in it. Okay. um M-H? So, <laughs> this will all make sense later. <laughs> I, I I like the slow burn. Um, so, it has golden rum, drom, drombui, uh, falernum liqueur. Falernum. Falernum? Do you know falernum?
0: No, it I don't. It's, it sounds like an Americana word.
2: It is actually used in a lot of tropical cocktails, and it's got oh. lime zest, clove, sugar, and there's usually ginger and almonds or almond extract in it. Okay.
1: Mm. It sounds Cyanide. Um, yeah, I was going to say. the
2: see, we've poison had this of, of discussion. Poison. I love marzipan. I love anything almond flavored. Um, sherry, uh, Oloroso, Oler- and Piso bitters, grapefruit bitters, and uh, Morello cherries.
0: They complicated so- drink for a complicated time.
2: Well, that is that's a lot. it's hard to make a golem. So That's true. That's true. fair. Yeah. Um so you place ice cubes in the in a rock's glass, pour ten milliliters of the sherry, fifteen milliliters of falernum liqueur, and fifteen milliliters of drombui. Um, add one dash of the bitter, one dash of the piso bitter, two dash grapefruit bitter, and thirty milliliters of the rum. Stir it and then garnish with the three cherries on a skewer. Ooh,
0: okay. I mm-hmm. like the three I want there to be symbolism and I'm not seeing it.
2: No, uh the nobody knows where it came from what or color what it is doing. It? Um it's kind of a lovely gold. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um the idea is that it probably came about in relationship to one of the movies, not sure which one. I'm gonna I'm hoping it's the nineteen twenty one because that's the best one. Okay that's where my background comes from.
0: Right, right. Now, that's a classic. I, I, we, we cover that in school.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, why are we talking about the golem in particular?
2: As yes, we are talking about Hebraic demons.
0: And ancient Israel critters.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. And other figures, related figures, things that
0: involve issues with the life force. Figures mm. that aren't critters? Well, they're like critters, but they don't exist. Oh, one of them has human bodies, but no body. That was really vexing to me. What? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Is it like Slim Goodbody?
0: No. Okay. He's,
2: he's metabody. Yeah. He's metabodied.
0: The hyperbody with mm-hmm. hands that have six fingers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, okay. So where do we want to start? Do we want to talk about evil?
0: Well, I feel like I want to do like a a disclaimer, and that is that uh, this is going to be a lot of Jewish demonology and Hebrew critter, myth critter stuff, but there really isn't much in the way of ancient Jewish demonology. And this is kind of a known problem in this, we'll call it a field, uh, for a couple of reasons. They lifted a lot of their stories just straight out of Ugarit. It's what's done. And I think a big one is mythologies written by the winners. And most of what we know about Hebrew mythology is from the Bible, the Old Testament, the Tanakh. So there was kind of a general downplaying of the supernatural as they shifted from polytheistic, strange universe to monotheistic and slightly distant God chill universe. And just demons kind of faded away. The word demon and its friends turn up a lot more often in the New Testament than the Old Testament, which I think says something. Mm-hmm. They found their way back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the Christian Christian part.
0: Right, right. So we'll be kind of playing with the ancient Israelite monster manual today. Uh, just it's a very slim volume. Good. Yes. But
2: but a very interesting volume. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very interesting volume. And some of these creatures are in... Divic show up in 3rd edition and 5th edition D&D.
0: They do, they do. Uh, I suspect their legend mm. was cleaned up slightly. Yes. Because they have a surprise attack. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I'm
2: gonna be a Dybbuk Rogue.
1: Yeah. I have noticed that a lot of what little there is, or possibly a little of what lot there is, has been taken and flushed out into like modern twentieth and twenty-first century just fun, right? Like yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: How many people would say, Oh, golems? Of course I understand golems. Oh, so you mean the ancient ancient Hebrew thing that what no, like the the cartoon, like the Dybbuk box and oh D and D, right? Oh, the... everything that's a mimic box. <laughs> everything is. hmm Right. But yeah, it's yes. like, everything has been taken and researched and then put into a cartoon or a video game or something. So there's no actual old lore left.
0: Well, some of that is, I think, that Israel and the, the ancient Jewish people were really kind of seen as having this heavy occult mystical thing happening, like Magic was better if it was from Israel
2: mm-hmm. or Egypt. And I also don't think it necessarily kills the lore. In fact, it actually makes it more relevant, like, because people are taking those ideas and making them into something useful to them. And so that, I mean, that's how lore was created to begin with. So I see it as as continuing the lineage yeah. and keeping lore alive. It's more lore. More lore.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So evil. Evil. Y- you're not wrong. It's better than, you know, the whole concept dying out and fading away and no one even remembering their name. But, yeah. I keep thinking like the Terry Pratchett series where he has golems. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's exactly, we bake them from stone and we put the scroll inside their little brain and it reads the thing, right? Mm-hmm. But those are Terry Pratchett golems, not ancient monsters.
2: But I think, I mean, we, we could get to this more when we talk about them, but there's a variety of ways to actually, you know, push start on one yeah. and different uses that they're put to, so.
0: A lot of this lore isn't really ancient, really, mm-hmm. unless you stretch that word, because, like, the golems, that tends to be, like, a 1500 AD sort of myth. What? Like, it's, a medieval, late- it's, sort new? it's a medieval
2: thing. There's there's some indication of earlier, but yeah, that's still, like, kind of in red. <laughs> it's red. Right it's added on later.
0: Right. I think it's part of like mm-hmm. the diaspora where you get like cities and 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 suburbs filled with yiddish speaking people and sharing their lore and things like that in these little 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 communities. Interesting.
2: And you need you start to need this figure because of pogroms. <laughs> exactly. No. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right right-wing politicians.
2: <laughs> exactly. So we need a we need to make
0: our big gay golem. Uh,
2: like, what could go wrong? Actually that's uh that happens in a season of American Horror Story.
0: <laughs> a big game. Somebody's column? already
2: done it. Somebody's already done it. Yeah. Yes. The last season of American Horror Story features that. Spoiler.
0: Okay. Yep. Okay. I'll buy two. So let's okay. talk about let's talk about evil for a bit.
2: Okay. Evil. So concept of evil is where all of this starts. You have mm-hmm. to have a concept of evil. So, right. What do you know about the concept of evil at this time, Jacob? James? Well,
0: what time is it? What, give me a year here.
2: You know I'm not so good with years. I'm just going to okay. say this is in
0: Genesis. <laughs> Calendar. Sure. So yeah. it, the the furthest, when you go way far back, you start dealing mm-hmm. with a situation where the like great polarity of the universe is not good and evil. It's order and chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think remembering that demons are not intrinsically evil, they're chaotic and out of control is important. And the gods were not nice at all, but they did create stability, uh, things like Miet harmony, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the concept of evil is really something that we don't get to in a big way until Persia and 300-ish BC or so when you get to Zoroastrian dualism. And they do have an epic battle of good versus evil with, like, that on the box. Mm -hmm. So... Evil is not really a major dynamic until later the in the Torah. cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Early it all kind Torah of rolls together at the same time.
2: So the concept that we're working with here is the Yetzer Hora, which okay. is considered the congenital inclination to do evil um, oh. by violating the will of God. So it's it's kind of related to original sin, but it's not because it's not a it's not a demonic force, but rather it's man's misuse of things the physical body needs to survive. So the need for food becomes gluttony, need for procreation becomes promiscuity, et cetera, et cetera. So uh-huh. it's taking these these necessary parts of life and perverting them in some way. That's what creates evil in this okay. idea.
0: I'll, I'll buy that.
2: But also there's a lot of different ways that demons are made from this. So in some cases... You were born with a demon twin.
0: What? I think my mother would have said something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's your soulmate or your doppelganger. And if, the, if it catches uh, the prophetic uh, declaration that, that is made once you're born, it'll, it'll turn into something that will pretty much screw up your life and take you to hell. Um, Just like a real twin. Mostly, that is kind of a changeling situation in a okay. lot of ways. And also, masturbation creates demons.
0: Oh dear! (gasps) Oh dear! That's that's a problem. Adam, Adam was doing an awful lot of that apparently. Like in the (laughs) was he really the hundred thirty years where he was kind of drifting on his own? Yeah, before Eve, there was a whole lot of accidental discharge of semen in his life, and they all created demons. demons. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
2: So demons. So spilling your seed, demons. You're born with a demon. And if the demon finds out that that's the case, the demon will mess with you. Okay. Or you pervert something that is natural.
0: Okay. I bet you can combine all four of these at once somehow.
2: Prom night. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> my go to joke. Sorry.
2: Sorry. I've got strangely some of those. fitting. Everyth- it fits everything. It really does. Okay. So, what about demons in general? Do we have anything? to that one that is say? a
0: very hard to get Thanks. started. <laughs> yeah, that's challenging. So so uh-huh. worth pointing out, and I think we pointed this out last week or the week before, is the word demon does not really exist in the in the pre Greek period. Um mm-hmm. and I think with the kind of question of what is good versus evil, I'm not even sure that that the concept exists. You have troublesome spirits, like plague and things like that. And you have troublesome servants of God, like plague and things like that. <laughs> um but but the concept of like demon as the anti-divine army of conquering, possessing terror in the night. That's more 1600 AD sort of thing. So it's kind of a muddle and there's a lot of spirits that kind of have dark sides to them. And it's really not until like we get to the exile period where the concept of demon really starts kind of being laid down foundationally. The Greeks mm-hmm. kind of kick it off by giving every negative spirit the category diamond ice, diamond
1: Mm, mm-hmm, right,
0: people. and that's kind of the beginning of the messy translation that leads to a lot of evil words.
1: And you kind of talked about this as well, in which they aren't necessarily evil, possibly m- more chaotic than malevolent, but just mm-hmm. external life forces. Non, and
0: Victoria said it non-human forces, right? They're, they're they're part of the divine world and spirits, higher spirits. Difficult, different, alien, another plane of existence. Yeah, but they they cover a lot of different forms.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of want to start with the Rephium. okay. Because I think of all of them, they're the most alien and, and challenging for me. And next to angels, they're one of the most commonly, like the number two most commonly mentioned supernatural thing in the Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to be leaning very heavily on. Dr. Sledge from the Esoterica podcast, I spent most of the morning listening to him and writing little notes down in my margins. And his, he's got a lot of really great videos on demonology and Judaism and Old Testament stuff. It's a really rewarding channel. He and my other occult icon or idol, uh, Michael Heiser, who wrote Unseen Realm, talked a fair bit about the Rephium. And there's kind of two or three different flavors of them, but to understand why you have to kind of understand their their background story. So we go back to Canaan and Mesopotamia and Ugarit and that sort of world, and they have a spirit group called the Rephaim or something like it. And what these spirits are, they're the souls of the spirits of dead kings. Mm -hmm. And remember the divine and the royal ideas kind of merge as you go far back, like uh, Gilgamesh was a king and Two-thirds God. So the Rephaim are the souls of dead divine monarchs who like joyfully welcome the new dead monarchs when they die into their into their companionship and kind of guard their their graves against later monarchs that might try and meddle with them to establish their validity or something like that. So it's kind of a it's a positive afterlife thing in a world where the afterlife is not terribly good. It's more of the you know bleak bleak, empty soul box, but also I remember that a king can kind of be the focus of offerings for his community, so there may be some good here. Maybe having these celebrated higher-level divine dead people gives more offerings and more, more peace to the citizens of their empire as they lay in the black soul box. And not all the Refim were dead. Uh, some of them are kind of in the space of the Undead? No. The pre dead
2: the, the watch the, the
0: Upkalu. <laughs> the, 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 Ap- the Apkalu, the half divine sages. They're basically demigods, which they kind of have that note in Genesis as well. So that's the history of the Rephaim. blessed souls of the divine king dead people that are happy in the afterlife.
1: It in- it's a story written by the kings who encourage the commoners not to kill the king. Oh no, if you kill me I'm gonna come back and get you
0: no, no, not a bit of it. This is a happy story what this is a happy story. These are happy monarchs in a happy place, and their happiness probably benefits society on some level. You have to trust me on that I trust you okay
1: I so have a question okay
2: just um is ball Bareth part of that ball Bareth? yes, who eventually sort of became equated with beelzebub because there were two one or two figures called that that were worshipped previous like before they were considered evil
0: i'm gonna on, on the surface i want to say no because okay. balbereth was probably a god you know one of the balls the or an l or a ball one of those two okay but the line between the ancient dead and and the demonic is non-existent kind of like irish mythology
2: right. why yes yeah mm-hmm.
0: you like irish mythology
2: a little bit, a little bit.
0: So, these are happy dead things. When they get translated into the Hebrew Bible, like the Watchers, the myths get darkened and inverted. So, mm-hmm. instead of being the happy dead, they, are, they come in kind of two forms. The, but the the Rephaim that are dead that are in Shale, they're in the darkest, dankest, most maggot-ridden, filthy corner of Shale. And from there, they mock the souls of the newly dead monarchs who... would dared to come close to god um uh, so it's yeah. kind of twisted and inverted and ugly mm-hmm. okay but they're also okay. living Rephaim as well and these uh kind of get muddled together with the nephilim the giants okay. because yeah they're, they're all tall right yeah they're all tall they're demigods there's a great one called og first off the yes. name og
2: we've heard about i think we've talked about Og. well we talked about gog
0: and magog no this is og not gog or magog
2: I think that's where I got confused. Yeah. I you, thought we talked about him before. No, no, no. Not no, Og. No.
0: Not not Gog. Go. I can't even. <laughs> not Gog, not Magog, but Og. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Og was the last living raphaim in the, the Bible. And his sarcophagus was something like six cubits tall, like 13 feet. But funny thing is that some people are arguing they're actually Og cubits. So who knows <gasps> how big Ooh. His 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 og box was
2: maybe it was like the Stonehenge and Spinal Tap where they had the wrong like <laughs> had two marks and six, so he's really like you know twenty four inches rather yeah, than yeah. twenty four feet. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> actually <laughs> we have talked about og.
0: Well, oh, I know we have, and uh, og has some ties to uh, the cities of Astaroth and Edry, which are places where L might have had his origin, right? Um, and
2: Astaroth is also.
0: I know, I mean, yeah, but, but I didn't places. But the name Astroth being that far back is interesting. I'm kind of curious as to how that came about. Right. Um, and there's a fun story in Pantagruel.
2: Oh, I love Pantagruel. Yeah. Where
0: Og was kind of riding the back of the Noah's Ark to keep it safe. Right. <laughs> which is a, a really merry image. Uh, but it is. But Braboulet has a lot of really merry images.
2: We should read we should do something with Brabele.
0: So the, the Rephaim also, at the same time as being the blessed souls of the dead and the evil souls, of the, the, the sad, sad souls of the dead, are also foreign giants, people from the other land, and they tend to get bigger as you get later into the cycle of the Old Testament and Torah, and a lot of that is kind of the rhetorical device of the Jewish people and the Israelites were able to conquer giants through their strategy and, and cleverness. Uh, And it's a better story if they're giants.
2: And it's also uh, due to better nutrition.
0: Right, right, right. right. (laughs) So this kind of is one of the early demonizing the other sort of stories. Mm -hmm. And the homeland of the Rephaim was east of Israel, south of Edom.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So then, okay, so how does this relate to the Shadim?
0: Um, the Shedim's homeland is east of Israel and south of Edom. <laughs> okay, so there's <laughs> um, a
2: the, it's no it's not a Venn diagram. It's I n- a circle.
0: I know uh-huh. where my first international travel is going to be um, east of Israel sh- and south of Edom.
2: Can you? Yeah, can yeah. you designate that on? a... am
0: um, gonna go to gonna right. go near Edom. Okay. So the Shedim and the Serim, two different words, two different creatures, and I've gotten them confused. And I've been I've been taught now, uh, the Shedim is. I think it's, it's most recently, it's turned into kind of the word for gin, mm-hmm. not the drink. Um, and that, that feels right because yeah. they're kind of ambivalent spirits. Uh, they're not really demons. They're not evil, but they're far away from God. And in that sense, they are evils. So they're kind of the remnants of foreign gods. Yep. Uh, okay. And they don't do anything necessarily bad except that being distant from God tends to be um Put you on the evil track, and in the old testament they 're tied to a lot of stories well tied to two stories of child sacrifice, that sort of bad thing, but that 's kind of what the other people do anyway, the bad people Th- they weren 't really necessarily demons, but when the Greek translation and Zoroastrian stuff happened, they started falling into the idea of that being a negative term.
2: Gotcha, you know okay,
0: and they, yeah, they have lobster feet. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: that—that's right. Like they have difficulty hiding their lobster feet.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So when you say lobster feet, do you mean like claws, or
0: do you mean like the little? Tick, 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 yeah, lobster, lobster, lobster feet, feet aren't that terrifying. It's the I don't know. They all—they also have chicken feet, depending.
1: Or do you mean they have, like, a lobster on the end of each shin? Like, just an entire <laughs> that,
0: lobster. Like, that, like those slippers I got my grandfather one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except they squeak, you know, squeak, squeak, squeak,
1: squeak,
2: That would be pretty useful, because you could pick things up really easily.
1: That's
0: why they're not good at hiding. Uh, back, sh- Shedim backstory. Shedim were sometimes seen as the offspring of the serpent. Or Lilith. Oh.
2: Uh-huh. Or Cain and Abel.
0: Yeah, or something that God created at the last minute on the sixth day. So, kind of a screwed up rush. <laughs> like, well, thing. I
2: got another hour.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or they were the most rebellious workers of the Tower of Babel that got transformed into demons.
2: Oh, really? Yes. So, the Tower of Babel, not because, okay, yeah. So, Solomon's temple built by demons, Tower of ba- Babel, not built by di- demons, but bad laborers turned into demons.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the gotcha. Zohar says they're the children of Azazel and Nama. The tracks.
2: Right. Yeah. I also heard that. The good ones are supposedly ruled by Asmodeus, which is weird because Asmodeus shows up doing some really bad things later.
0: He does, but in some of the stories of like you know the wackiness of King Solomon, he's actually very avuncular.
2: Okay, so now we need to make a screwball comedy about
0: <laughs> oh oh <temple>. Asmodeus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like the idea of kind of a you know uh oh it's the movie Funny Farm where they're remodeling an old. <laughs> you know oh, country yeah. house but it's the
1: temple of Solomon. or the mon- the
0: money pit but with more <laughs> the demons. money pit, the
2: yes, money pit.
1: <laughs> pretty sure that's exactly Break what that the down. temple was yeah
0: already i
2: think it was i think it was so um, re- the, the, yeah. yes Sorry.
0: related to the point of causing confusion mm-hmm. but totally different concept is the serim, s-e-i-r-i-m which is a word meaning literally he goats uh oh. the lowest of created beings Kind of this muddled category that overlaps with like fawns and jinn and satyrs. And they're kind of in the category of wilderness demons, which we'll talk about shortly and have talked about many times before. Maybe tied to Egyptian goat deities. People had a bad habit of making sacrifices to them and worshipping them. I probably would.
2: Oh, yeah. They're so cute.
0: Yeah. Goat demons. Uh, But both are categorized as daemonia, so the fine details are kind of lost in translation to the New Testament.
2: Can I tell you something interesting about those guys? Sure. So, um, Abraham Ibn Ezra, mm-hmm. um, who lived in the 12th, uh, 11th century, so he wrote in his commentary that they're a form of spirits seen by crazy people.
0: Yes. hmm I, mm-hmm. I believe that if you're on a 40-day journey through the wilderness, you might see things.
2: And you might see goaty, goaty things. I mean, you probably see goats.
0: Yeah. And yeah, then you might yeah. start to
2: think of them as gods.
0: Yeah, although a, a goat demon did like come into my house the other week, he wanted he wanted a ride. So life is, <laughs> life is pretty confusing sometimes.
2: <laughs> wow! And let's put a pin in that. <laughs> that may be for uh, <laughs> the dispatches after dark,
0: possibly. Um,
2: <laughs> what about the clip
0: off? Oh Okay, so. Let go of the idea of evil, first off. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Except in the sense of separated from God. Okay. And think of all the good things that come from, like, a shell. Like, mm-hmm. what is a shell? Mm-hmm. It's, it protects, but it also contains and traps, and it, okay. crumbles, it crumbles and shatters. Okay. So,
2: so this is really, like, the candy shell on the cosmic Tootsie Roll Pop.
0: Yes. I mean, exactly like that. It takes three licks and it crumbles. We're, we're, going, yes. we're going down a Gnostic road here
2: uh-huh. where
0: um, the world is kind of identified as being emanations of the divine and layers of the divine. And at the heart, there's kind of the presence of God, the Shekhinah, I think it is. And then take a step out and you start getting into the, the kind of the elaborate like tree of the Kabbalah and the various forces and emanations that kind of power the universe. Yet one step out of that, and you get to the clipoth, which is the the, sh- the world literally translates as shells, and mm-hmm. these are kind of, or husks, and these are the discarded remnants of creation, basically, which one can go in an evil direction with, and certainly in the distance of God, and like the the not the Primo mobile, but the rest of the world is corrupt, sort of sense they are dark, but they have good side too, um, so they are the the crumbled echoes of the divine creation and divine power, okay. not evil, but they could go that direction. And I think over time, as we get more and more binary, the clipoth is seen as like the anti-tree of life and like this network of like 72 demons, etc. that's kind of more opposed to the divine, but that's really not quite right. It's more nuanced mm-hmm. than that.
2: Because they're also protectors of the divine, right? Did you already say that? Yeah, yeah. It's as like the heart's candy shell. Right,
0: right, right. Uh-huh. The snail shell around the escargot of the universe. Mm.
2: Who's the butter?
0: Um, I don't know, just <laughs> don't know. I forget the divine, the divine presence.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so it's the, the that that's right, like the holy trinity, the shell, the snail, and the, the butter.
0: butter. Yes,
1: <laughs> I forgot who said it. It was who said it, but anyway, it's like in the Zohar, they're the nutshell of holiness, right? Yes, outside. Mm-hmm. Outside hard, crunchy, inside soft, chewy goodness. Mm.
2: Mm. So there's some notable figures within this group. Okay. One of those is Astaroth.
1: Oh.
0: Astroth is a clip
2: mm-hmm. off. Yes. At least uh, in Kabbalistic texts.
0: Yeah. So there's the seventy-two angels of the of the Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. And if you're like into Pokemon Logic, there's the seventy-two. Demons that kind of nail down the the, the reverse, the clipoth, And mm-hmm. a lot of big names are Samuel's there, Lilith is at the very bottom, Astroth would certainly be there, sure.
2: Yeah, so they are an archdemon associated, the archdemon of this group. Okay. And uh, supposedly, uh, according to demonologists in the 16th century, August is the month where these attacks, where attacks on people, are the strongest. Huh. Interesting. Um, so,
1: Central Texas Heat is a clip off. Yes, mm.
2: but he, but they seduce men um, by means of laziness, self doubt, and rationalized philosophies. But on the good side, they teach mathematical sciences, handicrafts can make people invisible and can lead them to treasures and will answer any question. Wait when a second.
1: Asked.
2: And gives a pe- gives people power of serpents. I am perfectly power okay, okay
1: with laziness and self doubt. Pretty sure I am. Full of sure. laziness and self-doubt, sure. right?
2: Scans, we'll yes.
1: Bl- on, we'll blame it on the clip-off. Mm-hmm. But what was it about math? I can't be oh. lazy, full of de- self-doubt, and do math.
2: Well, you ask about math. You don't have to
0: do it. I'm mm-hmm.
1: not going to ask about math.
0: Math is hard. Math
2: is hard. Mm-hmm. Have, have them do your math.
0: Fun astroth fact. Yes. He, he she, they is the tutelary demon of the Americas.
2: Ooh, and if anybody's familiar with the um, Laudon possession, right. the one that happened at the at the um, the uh, what do you what do you call a place where the convents,
0: yeah, um, dancing nuns
2: in the sixteenth century. So uh, I think that was the sixteenth century. So uh, supposedly, Astroth was the demon that uh, Urban Grandier. Got it's back signed to for it. Yeah,
0: yeah, there's a picture yep, of yep, yep. it. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. I'm really bunny trailing here, but do you know the Disney tie- tie-in? What? The, the no. The Astroth Disney tie-in?
2: Oh, is this in uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice? No,
0: Bedknobs and Broomsticks.
2: Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes, which I love.
0: It's the magic telekinesis spell.
2: Ah, uh, so fighting, fighting Nazis with yes. the undead. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We will be talking about that a little <laughs> later, too.
1: I suspect. Back mm-hmm. to clip off, And I'll give my normal rant like, I am pretty sure, as a typical nerd in the West, I knew what a off was from video games and fantasy novels forever. Like, this is a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. They've been subjected yep. and taken over. Yeah. But then, several episodes back, as we were talking about the cabalistic Tree... Mm -hmm. and the way things are such and such and you did a really Mm -hmm. good job explaining in the tree of life hand gestures
0: hand gestures are great podcasting (laughs) i'm glad you all
1: well so yeah
0: okay the tree of life the tree of life uh got basically god energy at the top it's a 72 point no um you said
2: 72 earlier. I did.
0: It's a 10-point process for transforming God energy into world energy and distributing it throughout the cosmos. Okay. With the big dynamic engine being the presence of God, the angel of the presence of God, and whoever's at the bottom, the angel that kind of radiates the presence of God out into the world. In the squash. Butternut squash is at the bottom of the hierarchy. Or the human face. In the flip side version, all of this energy is radiated through Lilith, um, which is a problem.
2: Right. And speaking of Lilith, there's another uh, flip-off figure named Esheth, who is the woman of whoredom and the personification of sin, who is aligned with Lilith. What's her name It's Esheth, E-I-S-H-E-T-H.
0: I don't know that one.
2: Yeah. I know
0: Lilith's got a lot of very... There's um, a lot of Lil that's out there, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And Nama is one of her kind of <gasps> cohorts, and is a very powerful demon. She's actually the queen of the demons. Like,
2: I have a question. Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we're, no, no, no. Continue. continue. Sorry. Um, yes.
1: Can we finish what the tree of life? What the clip offs are in the tree of life? Because you did you were explaining that really well, and I'm proud of you for playing that out. Like
0: it's it's in in, in modern like pop It's really kind of just a mirror of the tree of life. Okay. Calling it the tree of death is ridiculous and overstated and very, very like 1990s occult. It's, it oh. is kind of the, 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 the shadow fractured reflection. The of
1: shadowed the of life. fractured reflection. I think you said that last time. That made a lot of sense. So, yeah, good yeah. job. Good job remembering that. Good job. Can I have Jacob. a star? You can have a gold star. No. Oh. Oh.
2: Put it on your chest and bring you to life. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, I have a question. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt no, uh, no. the Tree of Life As business. we established,
0: it's on Rand.
2: Okay. I feel bad now. Um, no. so I derailed us yet again. Um, but I have a question about we, Nama. We so- have rails? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, they're very wiggly. So, here's a question. So, some of the things I saw confused or equated... This figure with the sister to Tubal Cain right. and the wife of Moses.
0: Right. There's a human Nama. Okay. And it is confusing. I don't know about Tubal Cain because that's far enough in the back that you might get like blurry lines in half demon hybrids. So I'm not sure. Right.
2: And that does. Yeah. That's. Right. We talked about that a long time ago. And, and Nama. And-
1: Tubal Cain was the grandson of actual Cain who killed. Cain, who killed Cain because he was a self-fulfilling prophet, right? That's who he was?
2: I believe that's correct. <laughs> I know, there was, he was involved in the killing, yes, he was involved with the killing of Cain. Not sure what, I think he was his grandson, if I recall correctly.
1: Who and you guys um, say, I don't listen to our own podcast.
0: I learned Oh, I do,
1: I do!
2: I know, but I also forget. I know. Um, so,
0: a, a, a confusion point, there's Nama, Lilith, Lilith the lesser, what? Uh, Agra Batmalat the dancing roof demon,
2: <gasps> yes. And mm-hmm.
0: Ishith is also these uh, th- those Lilith Nama, Ishith are the demons of prostitution.
2: Yeah, um, and, and, and Nama like and Lilith tag teamed a, a couple of historic figures. There's a
0: there the, the word consort is used with them, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably lean on this. Maybe one of the only like female, bisexual, slash lesbian-ish relationships in all of demonology.
2: Well, do we really know that?
0: No, we don't. But the word consort is pretty loaded. History it would is. say they were good
1: friends. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, on uh, TV's Lucifer, Eve, well, no, it's Eve and Mazikeen.
0: Mazikeen. We should go to Mazikeen next.
2: Yes. I just uh, wanted to say one more fun fact about Lilith okay. and Nama is that they're blamed for epilepsy in children. Epilepsy uh. shows up a lot in these demons. And also, Damn demons. I wish, I know, I wish that Clippy, <laughs> the little, was a clip off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you could summon to help you format your demonic texts.
0: Yeah, Clipoth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the mazakeen are also created on the last day of the week of creation so they're rush jobs they don't have bodies but they do cast shadows um they're not good these are the damagers and the harmers right and they're kind of like in the category of like malign demon that kind of uh that you play that sort of thing um that kind of category of annoying annoying demon
2: They're like uh, pixies or something almost, right? They
0: they have some really cute pictures of them. But Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, actually, I think they kind of develop an impish quality to them over the course of their cycle. Uh, They're also associated with bathrooms, and I don't know why.
2: I didn't see that. Which is, But they are associated with places (coughs) that are close to bathrooms, right? Like I saw.
0: Like wardrobes. Are are bathrooms (laughs) liminal spaces that nobody told me?
2: I think it's where people are at their most vulnerable, any space where somebody's their most vulnerable huh. and they're alone.
0: No one sure. likes to be bothered
1: when they're pooping. Right.
2: It's true. Yeah. You don't welcome visitors. But I know that, again, this is one of those spilled seed situations.
0: Mm, so many things are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do have one more cue flip off that I want to mention to you very briefly because you'll be very excited to hear this okay do you have a guess no goats Involves somebody who we'd love leonard it does actually Plenty the I elder <laughs> no 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 where did it go um it is uh yes so sath sathriel Okay. Do you know anything about Sathril? So he is the seventeenth watcher of the twenty leaders of the two hundred fallen angels. Okay. Um but his, he uh is described as the first culpath after the passage over the abyss and conceptually portrayed as a black labyrinth of chaotic riddles.
0: Interesting. Also,
2: do you know who he's ruled by?
0: Leonard. No.
2: Lucifuge Rockefeller.
0: <gasps> okay, okay, interesting. Who did not exist yeah. back then.
2: <laughs> this is an addition. It says in some modern yeah, interpretations. That is,
0: that is a 17th century invention there. But I um, thought you might appreciate that. I do appreciate that. But I really like the idea of a demon that appears as a confusing labyrinth.
2: Yeah, That's I like cool. that too. Very Hellraiser, actually. Oh my God, oh. I wonder. Ooh, I wonder. Mm.
1: Mm. No, I like it less. Okay. Oh, pfft. Hellraiser so, scared me.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. So now that we've talked about Mazikeen, where do we go from here?
0: East of Jerusalem. South of? I, I, uh, uh, south of Edom. Yeah, actually, I'd like to go there, actually. Uh, just a brief nod to the category of demonized wilderness spirits. <gasps> yes. Because I can name them now. Ooh. The Lilin, the Shedim, mm-hmm. Hedgehogs, Zeem, which is kind of the broad category of wild beasts, desert dwellers, criers, and crazy people. Mm-hmm. Okim, which are, I'm, I'm butchering their names, I'm sure, doleful creatures, sometimes jackals. And I wonder about the word okim and whether it's tied to the word goesha, because those both mean howling and mourning and doleful sounds.
2: Yeah, I was wondering that, too, when yeah. I saw that.
0: Um, sometimes jackals. The Yana or ostriches, or daughters of greed, evil birds. Damn what? birds.
1: And
0: there's a, there's a demon named Benoth who's uh, considered, called like a hen and his chicks or something. And I wonder if there's a tie there somehow. I mean, the word benoth is in both of them.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Tannin, or jackals, or howlers, mm-hmm. but sometimes dragons, or sea serpents. Sometimes Lilith's horse. Okay, I'll add that to the list mentally. Mm-hmm. The eum, wolves, or howlers, or jackals, or islands. Wait, islands? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like strange first- rocks off the
1: shoreline, which you can't
2: <laughs> yes. get to? At yes. first, I thought you said eyelids. <laughs> no. That's even uh, more terrifying.
0: <laughs> islands, or island beasts. I don't know about that one. And the Onokintari
2: mm. What are the are those what horse are those... people?
0: Ass centaurs. <gasps>
2: oh my ass, god. So
0: okay, so Donkey Centaurs.
2: Okay, oh, so, gotcha. Not not, not that not they have two centaurs. ass
1: <laughs> No
0: yes. The joke has been made before.
2: <laughs> oh, the poor poor two butted centaur <laughs> I feel so unoriginal
1: right now by making a butt joke. <laughs>
0: So these these are all featured very heavily in Isaiah, and I've mentioned this time and time again. It's one of my favorite moments in the Bible, just this image of these strange howling, chirping, quarreling critters celebrating and building this kind of dark community in in the far wilderness. And demons are very wildernessy. They're very like if you go far enough, you leave civilization, you go to the wilderness, then you go past the wilderness and you get to the other world. And demons are at that kind of the bridge between the two.
2: I had I noticed like that the Talmud, there are a lot of demons that you just find in trees. and tree, like if you go between trees, you're surrounded by palm trees. That's, you go between yeah. a tree and a wall, then you're going to encounter a demon. Right? Why uh, is
0: that? <laughs> Dem- demons like trees? I don't know.
2: I guess so. It says you should, uh, in general, one should avoid many branched or prickly trees. Um, That's just good advice Wabush, all around. Yeah, I agree. There's the caper bush and the eyeless rua.
0: Um, oh yeah, that's a scary one. Lives apparently. there. If you see them, you die. That sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and then the demon Polga will affect a man easing himself on the stump of a palm tree. The demons the demon will. I think the demon Zaretta will attack anybody who leans his head on one. Oh, palm uh, tree. Yeah, something about and. There's a certain kind of tree that sixty demons haunt, but I can't seem to
0: find sixty. I couldn't find what that was. That yeah. is an unusual number. It's not seventy-two.
2: No, not ten. Sixty demons, not forty. And you, you have to have a sixty demon amulet to it. Is five? Exercise 12s. that one. Oh, True. okay. And okay.
0: how many days of the week do we have to work? Once
2: five. Damn it! <laughs> Depends on how hard you work. I yeah, suppose. Yeah,
0: really I want to um, talk about pseudo demons if we could.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, stuff you take yeah let's allergies. talk about pseudo-demons.
0: Yes. Uh, this, is, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a Michael Heiser concept. I mean, he probably got it from somebody else, but it's where I learned it from him. And it's a, it's a, a good rational idea. I like it. Uh, so there's the idea that people are demon-ridden and afraid of everything in the woods and everything is powerful results of God's curses and everything is haunted and infected by malign energy out to get you. Sure. But in practice, people don't really believe that except when they're mythologizing mythologizing things necessarily like nobody believes that the demons are actually the cause of the flood in a direct way Mm. so there's kind of a category that uh that Heiser kind of sketches out for me called pseudodemons um a big one oh death where's thy sting the death in there it's kind of operates like a proper noun but it kind of doesn't it's like a poetic proper noun um Mammon may be another one too. A lot of kind of demonology people are like, I need more information about Mammon, he's a major character, but he's not. Mm. He like mm-hmm. wasn't made a demon until like the tenth century or so, because he's just the word for the concept of breed. Uh Deborah, uh plague and fever and all of those things, they have elements of this as well. Um, these kind of concept demons to describe and name and talk about natural forces. But maybe nobody actually believed that plague like, rides a horse. Oh, mm. it's inter- okay. an interesting idea. There's a word that I had to. I, I kind of figured this word must exist, and I can find it by its absence. Pneumomorphic.
2: Mm. What does that spirit mean? Like shape? shape, spirit, and yeah, yeah.
0: having the form, oh. of, having been given the form of a spirit.
2: Mm. What is that form?
0: Spirit.
1: Ask me a hard question. (laughs) So, Wikipedia, new article.
2: (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Siri, what is the form of spirit?
0: I think it's good to think that maybe people actually had rationality even in 300 BC.
2: Oh, definitely. They definitely did.
0: No one really believed that animals talked, they just talked in the past at some point.
2: See, this is again. People create lore that is useful to them.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or actively obstructive to them. I don't know. Depends on your. Depends. On <laughs> depends your on
2: who's. Yeah, who's creating the lore? I suppose. Yeah. So uh, now that we've been talking about pseudo demons, do you want to just run through the kind of potpourri of other demons we came across?
0: Sure, little demonlings. Okay. <laughs>
2: Demonlings.
0: Demonlets. Some of them might be little to you, but important to me. So prepare for derailment.
2: (laughs) I bet we have some of the same ones. I feel like we need to have like a bingo card (laughs) of demons.
0: Does it have horns? Yes, no. Is it Moses? No. (laughs) Leonard.
2: So, Aberos. Aberos. Aberos.
0: Aberos. I don't know Aberos.
2: Aberos Oberim. Oberim. There's an is, is no. it also known as Oberim? It's A B A R O S.
0: Okay, different. He's word, a then. watcher. You first, okay?
2: Okay. Um. So, watcher in the na- in the Book of Enoch has a dominion over the fifth hour of the night, and um taught mankind to both create and remove magical enchantments, and also he's one of the rapey rapey dudes,
0: which is a problem that we've established with the watchers in general. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. point of order: there are two hundred watchers.
2: Oh yeah, we're not going to name all. Okay, of them.
0: Okay, this will be a long episode. Yeah. So, one, yes, there are oh, some no. good. There are some good ones though.
2: Yeah, some non. Uh, yeah, ones. Okay. the
0: non. <laughs> so I was <laughs> not <off>. all watchers. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, sometimes they just watch. Uh, I oh. was I was looking into the Oberim, which are those who have passed over. Spirits mm, that can transfer mm-hmm. themselves between the lands of the living and the dead. Isaiah mentions one. Now if people say go consult the ghosts Oberim. And the familiar spirits that chirp and mutter, people should not consult the dead on behalf of the living. They're also called Travelers. And there's an area east of the Dead Sea that uh, is the Valley of the Travelers. And it's got a lot of burial mounds in it. So this is, again, one of those places where we demonize the foreign dead.
2: Right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Agrabat Malat, the rooftop dancing demon?
0: We just did, didn't we? We could talk more about her. Yeah. She she dances in Lilith Howells.
2: Right, 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 and she is the queen of the she's considered in the follow she's the queen of the demons, again, an angel of sacred prostitution, which we talked about, and she they she also was with Lilith in um, tag teaming historic figures like Solomon or, and or Samuel, um, I want video yeah, yeah, so uh she was part of that whole party scene, but we also have not talked about aluka, who's also aligned. With Lilith in certain ways. I don't know this one. Less sexy ways. Less sexy ways. You know, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Unless, I mean, this it's I mean, there's something for everybody here. But her name, Luca, means horse leech. What? Okay. And so she is a vampire. Hmm. She's a vampire demon. Of horses. Well, she uh, one assumes that she actually goes after people. One. but I
0: think that's an unreasonable assumption.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think her, she does her name more than isn't horses.
0: People leech, come uh, on.
2: Yeah. So it's the feminine yeah, that's the Hebrew word that means horse leech. But um she can shape shift into a wolf, she can fly by releasing her long hair, and she will die if she kind of goes full mosquito and <laughs> just continues to eat. So she has to be kind of regulated in her eating this is a fun fact about vampires. You can also prevent vampires by filling their mouths with dirt. Uh, Okay. So she's a demon who's, and, and Lilith in some cases is also described as a vampire.
0: That's true. She's kind of all purpose, dark thing. And again, a vampire legend again. spirits of the dead demons, all these things kind of overlap in strange ways. Did you we saw we saw um, Renfield last night. Oh, it was good. It was super cute. Okay. I need to watch that. Weirdly, Nicholas Cage is a fairly convincing Dracula, yeah, in a, in a, in very. a comedy way.
2: He's, I have to say, uh, after watching the unbearable, what is it, the unbearable weight of being earnest, massive talent. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like, that look cute. It's a good movie. It is good. It's super good. It's very fun.
0: One of the mm-hmm. kind of bits about the East of Edom thing that keeps coming up, and this is uh, something that uh, Esoterica mentioned, is there's a a period called the Sassanian Empire. Mm-hmm. This is like 280 to 650 AD or so. It's a, it's a late Persian dynasty empire that kind of leads into Iran and is kind of one of the earlier Islamic empires as well. And there's like a spectrum because the closer you are to Jerusalem and Israel, the less you really care about demons. And the closer yeah. you are to the Sassanian Empire, the more demons are kind of a part of your background myth. It's not that people aren't interested in them, but, like, as an active vital concern, there's this kind of mm-hmm. gradient that goes from Israel to Sassanian Empire that's kind of, like, if you're East, you're more interested in this as, as like, a Reddit fan thing. I don't know.
1: Hmm. That, that That's interesting
0: because, like... Proximity to Persia.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: ha- I have in my show notes, and I don't know how to connect this to anything, the time El got drunk and pooped himself.
2: Oh, yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. What does that go with? Does that go with the poop demon?
0: Well, I don't know. It's just kind of floating in the middle of nothing. Like, I can't connect it to anything at all. Floating in the middle of nothing Mm -hmm. after a poop joke? Come on. Come on. Something that's kind of worth thinking about as an actual category of demon is Satan's, because they are a unique species of demon to the kind of Israelite Jewish world. Um, Right. Kind of- Mm -hmm. The idea of the antagonistic, legalistic, perse- prosecutor demon is um, – it's really in our mythology now, but it kind of started out here and we have the kind of the satanic explosion of the year 300, 200 BC or so, where these creatures start kind of emerging, um, leading people to darkness and temptation as a part of God's plan to keep humanity strong.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. So, I have one more. Sure. Sulak.
0: I love Sulak. The-
2: and also called Sh- Shurika, panda? Shurika Panda.
0: Not a panda, but a lion, right?
2: Yes. Panda uh, has a different meaning here.
0: Sulak is the toilet demon. hmm Yes. Weren't you looking for them? There's
2: another name for
0: this creature, too. Oh, there's a- okay.
2: But I can't remember the other name for it. But I, this is, these are the two that I saw.
0: And I think toilet demons kind of go into the modern era through Japan, where there's a few yokai that hang out in bathrooms as well.
2: Yes, we need to do a yokai
0: more yokai, strictly,
2: yeah. strictly yokai. Uh,
0: my favorite, episode. my favorite thing about Sulak is that his name means dirty paws.
2: I know, mm-hmm. and he dwells in the bit masadi, literally house of rinse water. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's sort of like a raccoon being called a, a trash panda.
0: Yeah, yeah, but actually called a panda. <laughs> uh,
2: right, right, right. So, uh, oh, here it is. Shad Bit Ha-Kissit is the other um, demon of the
0: privy. That's a lot of syllables.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, here's the thing about why lurker demons hang out in bathrooms and it's because they are likely to be alone, and they are expo- You're exposed, and you're vulnerable. Are um, you alone? So that's
0: why. Like
1: well, I keep thinking of you know like the Roman bathrooms, was just like a, a row of stalls, just you and your best mates yeah, in
0: Remember how much we hated Rome. Bare. Right. Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rome. Rome. Bad. Yeah. I have another note. Another bad. note that I can't quite understand It's Ruhat Memzarin, the spirit of bastards.
2: Oh, that sounds familiar too. But I don't um,
0: I can't make much of it.
2: Let's see. I think the only thing that I have connected to that is the Talmud is is markedly free from demonology and it only mentions three general names for demons, Mazakim, Shedim, and Ruat.
0: Mhm. This is like two of those shoved together somehow. I don't know. I think so. Okay. Spirit of and bastards.
2: Spirit of bastards.
0: Can I have a a boring academic note? Ah. <sighs> Like, Because the question of what is the Talmud comes up a few times, and what is the Mishra? Yes, that's a good point. Mostly by me. Mishnah, rather. Yeah, by, by all of us. I didn't know. So, there's the Torah, kind of this, this, this written document that's kind of the, the lore and the story and, and the old Bible and things like that. And the Mishnah are commentaries on this. And I think there are also commentaries on the commentaries on this as well. The Talmud is a commentary on the Mishnah. Uh, and all these together are like twenty volumes of stuff. But it's it's kind of the original core manuscripts, and then level two footnotes, and then footnotes on the footnotes, and then stories mm-hmm. about the footnotes as well. I love that. Yeah. So so yeah, commentaries on scriptures.
2: It's also interesting. That a lot of this stuff shows up in the Jubilees as kind of like if you don't if you don't do all of these things, if you don't follow the calendar, <laughs> this stuff can happen to you. Yeah,
0: mind, mind mm-hmm. that calendar.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I know, I love all the I love all the text upon text upon text action.
0: Yeah. And this was kind of in the time period of the Roman, like really genocide of the Jewish people, where the fate of the religion and the people was kind of in doubt, and canonizing some stuff really seemed like a good survival mechanism.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense to me. We
0: haven't talked about Dybbuk yet.
2: <gasps> we need to talk about the Dybbock. The actual room. Dybbuk. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, let's let's now. This is probably post-exile stuff. At this point, we're like in the oh no, yeah in the really the nineteen oh fives. I think really before the legend really comes alive. We're in the twentieth century here.
2: There is, however, a story about where the idea of the Dybbuk may have come from. Okay, so a rap um, song
0: by <laughs> Post Malone.
2: No, there was a, a story about um, how some a. Uh, rabbis were traveling and they were hungry so they actually created a goat out of the earth what and ate it so
0: rabbi can do how, that
2: the, well see this is the thing it was like cabal uh cabalistic magic and so oh. the idea of creating something that uh then you can give life as if you know as god does yeah, that never breathing goes life well, into something never goes wrong <laughs> no um, but there's also the idea that, again, Kabbalistic idea that Adam was the first golem.
0: Right. It, I and mean, then, therefore,
2: yeah. we are all
0: golem. But Adam had an awful lot of spilled seed for a golem.
2: Yeah, maybe over time, you know.
0: Sil- Get silty.
2: I was just trying to make <laughs> right, a We don't know joke. the quality of that seed. We don't <laughs> know the quality of that seed.
0: Anyway. Um
2: Dibbux. Yes. So, supposedly, the soul that becomes a Dybbuk is, they're human souls.
0: Not goat
1: souls.
2: not goat souls, not not anim- anthropomorphic sperm, but they're a soul that is not- <laughs> I, I able-
0: love where my life has gone.
2: <laughs> Little did you know that, you know, as an aspiring, you know, aspirational 20-year-old, that someday you'd be sitting here staring at a screen, you know, listening to a woman- Say say the words anthropomorph- anthropomorphic
1: sperm <laughs> right, anthropomorphic
2: <laughs> divics. So divics. So according to the Kabbalah, as everything um, stems from, just like the
0: it's the, it's it's the center of our of our yarn diagram.
2: <laughs> it really is. It really is. So uh, divics are souls that have not been able to fulfill their. Function or their um, goals in life. So, they-
1: I was just going to say, guys, there's <laughs> a great chance I'm going to come back as a Dybbuk. Like, I think yeah. I have done nothing yeah. in my life. It's, it's possible. That's, it's good that you already have the box.
0: ADHD people don't come back as Dybbuks. It's too much. <laughs> so you come back as. It's, it's <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> That's true. I am <laughs> lazy. Number of, the number of things that are unfinished in my life is so high. <laughs>
2: it's true. You need a box. So, you must oh. have
0: That's- life goals before you can mm-hmm. die
1: still yeah
2: right yeah, yes so um so you get you're given a second chance to come back and do all this stuff and so there's a good version of this too that i'll talk about in a minute um but these sort these souls uh when they come back they seek out
0: they're really really rapey they're
2: they in in many cases they are not in all of them okay but good. they attach themselves to figures that they see themselves in. Like, figures with the same pathology. Okay.
0: Yeah, the word dibic means, like, clingy, I think.
2: Yeah, so they cling to people. So, they don't necessarily possess, in all cases, they cling to people. Mm. And they're also supposed to have escaped from Gehenna, or maybe been turned away from Gehenna because their transgressions were too serious mm-hmm. to be let in, like, say, if they committed suicide. So, you have a lot of suicides okay. that are dibics, And they, they can't leave if they achieve their goals, because often they don't. They can only leave um, if they're, well, I guess if they're satisfied in some way um, or they're exercised. Right,
0: which usually Um, the first has to happen for the second to happen.
2: Yes, yes. And so you can be possessed by Dybbuk for many reasons. Um, Typically, as you mentioned, they're kind of rapey or very rapey. They tend to uh, possess women on the eve of their wedding nights and they enter women through their vaginas. And there's, there's a play about this, uh, called the Dybbuk that, um, the 1920 play in which a woman is possessed by the spirit of her dead lover as she's being married to somebody else. What? So. It has a happy ending. I knew there was a play. I'll spoil it. it has a happy ending. Block. Yeah. And it's a, f- it's, it's world, it like is, is, um, uh, celebrated as one of the first, uh, like the Yiddish theater. This sort of sprung up from this play.
0: So, question for you. Yes? Is this, quote, real, unquote, demonic possession or an opportunity for a bride in a really crap marriage situation to say everything she wants to say first?
2: <laughs> See, the play might make you think the latter.
0: I think the legend in general makes me think the latter. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, yeah. this is a hysterical thing that happens to people. That word is loaded, I know. Before... Uh, An unwanted, undesired Mm -hmm. marriage.
2: When you said hysteria, it was actually the diagnosis for this was called, it was a form of hysteria.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, of course. Yeah, I didn't want to uh, say the word. It just kind of was the word that I had to say there. Yeah.
2: Female reproductive organs. So you can be, that could be a situation, they could find uh, an innocent to corrupt or if that's an evil divot, but sometimes they're saintly and um, they've been wronged by the living, so they're seeking revenge.
0: Oh, that's saintly, huh? And
2: it could also just be whatever they want to do. All
0: those things, okay.
2: Uh huh. But typically, they will um, impart their own negative inclinations onto whoever they possess. Hmm. So they may, if somebody was an alcoholic, they'll force the person that they're attached to to drink themselves to death. They might make somebody commit suicide. They might. You know, just anything that somebody, that they struggled with, they will um, project onto the person that they are connected to.
1: Where does this come back to unfulfilled life goals? It's like, I didn't drink enough as, when I was alive, so I'm going to make you drink even more on my behalf?
2: No, see, you strayed from your path.
1: Of drinking. You were
2: supposed to be like, you were supposed to do good in the world, and instead, you drank yourself to death, so you have to come back and try to
1: rectify that by making someone but else. But you
2: don't drink? <laughs> see. It's not that the Dybbuk is doing what it's supposed to do. Well, the Dybbuk has gone rogue. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, and a lot of so these a lot
0: of these stories kind of acquire layers and like, yeah, stuff it's, glued it's, onto them. Nothing is pure. The intention anymore.
2: was not for them to to go rogue because the other spirit that is a companion spirit is, is, is the Iber, and the Iber again. So, this is good possession. This is healthy, loving possession. Okay.
1: So, it's, I failed, but I'm going to bring you down with me. So, yeah. we've both mm-hmm. failed together. That's a Dybbuk.
2: And, right, you waste your second chance by bringing
1: somebody else down 100% going to be a Dybbuk. I'm curious <laughs> about the Iber. Yeah, the Iber. The
2: Iber. So, this is the good side. And um, they are, well, unfortunately, the word means mysterious impregnation. Ah, but a good Iber is similar to a divot, comes back to the a spiritual guide to help a person who's going through some difficulties. And they also, in doing that, fulfill their own goals or their own function.
0: It's just a better story.
2: It is a better story. So, the sad thing is, so they don't need to be exercised. They'll just leave when they feel that their job is done. The sad thing is, there are reports of the loss of an iber can actually lead to chronic depression in somebody because they got so used to having that guardian spirit oh that's harsh seeing that sad yeah really it's so sad but um so these are all life energy things like in the dybbuk this life energy is corrupted in the iber it's actually like does some good in
0: the world i question whether this is a critter or not but do we want to wrap up talking about golems
2: yes Mm -hmm.
0: and our personal connections to same
2: <laughs> I'm obsessed with
0: golems. Oh, dear. I'm going to build a diorama inside of a golem.
2: Oh, please. Yes. Yes. So, um, golems. Golems are They cute.
1: are. The Prague Golem. They are. Super They've cute. got great hair.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I just realized that this is the same hair of uh, the scary guy in No Country for Old Men. <laughs> is that weird oh, cut? Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if it's real I wonder if that's on purpose or not. Like that was a the Cohen brothers were going for that look. So again, this whole life force with the intention of of like putting life into something to do good, having it go bad <laughs> is the story of the golem. We're talking about life force being corrupted veering off of the intention of creating this figure and imbuing it with a life force. The golem's probably the most popular, sort of the best well-known of this kind of story. And again, this goes back to Genesis. Adam was considered their first golem and by transitive properties we are all golem then.
0: I was doing some research and w- the word humanity is based on the word homos, which is mm-hmm. like Kind of delicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was wondering, I was really hoping that God made man in his image, which was hummus, but Mm. linguistics do not actually link up very well. Mm. So
2: would that make Adam's rib a chip?
0: (laughs) Pita, pita chip. pita chip rib.
2: (laughs) pita chip rib. So there are some stories of rabbinical figures who are uh, students of the Kabbalah creating these figures prior to the golem that we know. But the classic narrative of the golem, what we know, what what pop culture knows as the golem is the story of Rabbi Judah Lo of Prague. And this was in he was he was uh, lived from 1525 to 1609. And so he created oh go ahead. Real figure. He's a real yeah. figure. Okay. This guy really existed. Okay. He was very popular. He created a golem to defend the Jewish community from anti-Semitic attacks. And so over time though the figure becomes fearsome and violent and he's forced to destroy it. So, it's unclear if he did it just out of like seeing all of this happen or if he was asked to do this by one of his enemies because it was just getting too out of hand.
0: Yeah, in the the really great black and white film, it seems like the golem starts out to do a job to defend the village. But more and more frequently gets called up for smaller and smaller things. And at some point, right. you know, it breaks him. Yeah.
2: Like, he becomes a task rabbit.
0: Yeah. Essentially. <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is really strange. So, the, the legend also goes that he was, after he was deactivated right. by, by Lo, he was put into the attic of the Altnoyer in Prague, which is the old new synagogue in Prague. That is a
0: very pretty, is- very pointy building.
2: It is amazing. It's this.
0: It's got a World of Warhammer quality to it. That's, that's it, very yeah. serrated.
2: It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's just. Uh, I don't even know the word for it. It's just so like. I, it's not imposing either. No, it's not, it's not huge. imposing. I've been there. And it's not huge at all. But, but it really it just, just commands. Roof, its, it commands its, it's space commanding. so well. It's commanding. And it's just this perfect example of. Medieval architecture and medieval architecture in Prague, and you can totally imagine a golem being stored in the attic. Like if oh, you're outside yeah, of yeah, it, looking yeah. up at the attic, you're like, "Yeah, that's, he's in." That's there. right. Put, I know he's in there. I put that there. Yeah, it's it's really really cool. And so um he's there until the Jewish people need him again. But there's a story about like a King, Nazi like going King up Arthur. there. Yeah, exactly. Like you <laughs> there's a series of very complicated instructions that involve <laughs> some hummus and a chauffeur and um a belt and uh you have to have things notarized and it's just it's a big mess. But <laughs> right, um,
0: write the four letter word for post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> post. That's right.
2: And <laughs> But uh, so he's up there waiting. And allegedly, you know, one of the stories is that a Nazi sort of, uh, you know, went on a search and wound up in the attic and died mysteriously because the golem took care of him. Mm. It does. But this also, again, like this is one of those uh, situations where there's this concern about, you know, being playing God, and like how much is too much and sort of messing with the life force. And, the inspire the golem has been inspiration for Frankenstein, which I will point out people, the novel is referring to Dr. Frankenstein, not the monster. The monster is not named Frankenstein. Right, right, right. Um, because Dr. Frankenstein is one could argue the monster, but also Cavalier and Clay's book, uh, or and Michael Shavon's book, The uh, Adventures of Cavalier and Cl- the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, the golem figures prominently in that. It's a great book. But um, do you want to know can I give you another recipe?
0: Bird drink? Or oh, okay, go on. By
1: the way, it. you talked about slow burn like I just I was like, oh, that's what she meant. I figured it <laughs> out by reading. <laughs>
2: Zing. By reading. Zing. Mhm. So the instructions are found, found in the Suffer Itzira, which is the Book of Formation. And so this is also the book that has been used throughout, you know, previous times to create these mini golems in various forms to bring life to inanimate inanimate objects and cabalistic k- cabalistic magic. But so step one is to mold a golem out of clay. Step two is to write emet, e m e t, life on its forehead to bring it to life. And three, once the golem completes its duty or it destroys the entire village, <laughs> what it <else> do <laughs> you erase the first letter on its forehead so it reads met, which is yeah. death. You can also use amulets. You can put squirrels in its mouth. You can intone the letters of the Hebrew alphabet just as according to the medieval Kabbalistic book of creation, God did in creating the world. So that's what you got with the golem. But I do want to give a movie recommendation. I strongly urge everybody to watch the 1920 version of the golem.
0: With the soundtrack by Queen
2: that is flash gordon oh Call <laughs> oh. <laughs> golem ah <laughs> he's got the life force ah.
0: no it was the soundtrack metropolis
2: yes they did uh uh-huh. they did metropolis but totally as well.
0: irrelevant so i'm sorry mm-hmm. anyway
2: so yeah so there's a uh, there's a uh, so queen definitely did flash gordon they did metropolis too parts of it Okay, that's right. Yeah, okay. And but they did not do Gollum. So but that, again that was is- Rush. <laughs> there's unrest in the forest, there's trouble with the trees. But in the movie, again, sort of like Frankenstein starts out gentle and compassionate and then turns and becomes this destructive, uncontrollable
1: force. So the Gollum, there was the sub motive of the Sabbath. Right, where, mm-hmm. it, okay. So we'll cut to the chase. The end was the the aleph wasn't taken out of his mouth on the Sabbath in time, and therefore work yep. was done on the Sabbath, which eventually worked towards the his demise. Right.
2: Yeah, that's another version of the, of the story. Like what happened, right. why he went, why he went and rogue. This is
1: specifically, well, I guess the low golem, but like golems in general. It's like beware, ye you know, adherent of this faith. Don't try and circumvent the perfectly good laws we have in place.
2: Right. Uh That's a great, that's a really, really, I did not even think of that, that, that this would be a cautionary tale. Like, don't forget to turn off the elevator. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because it will rampage through the village. Let
1: me look up plane tickets to Prague
0: real quick.
2: Prague is amazing.
0: Well, our listeners, thank you for joining us on this extended journey through the Old Testament, and the Hebrew Bible. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I think we're going to take a little vacation from the world of serious scholarship in the near future with something light and fluffy and infernal. So Woo-hoo! we hope you join us for that. Uh, we hope you s- join us after that as well. And until then, we will see you in hell. Bye. Bye. This podcast is copyright 2023 by The Dispatchist and is Creative Commons. You're welcome to reuse with attribution. Look for us on your favorite podcast app. Say hi to us on Twitter or Gmail at The Dispatchist, those spaces. Check out our website, dispatch.ist, for episodes, show notes, and a variety of hellish resources.
1: Oh, Victoria. So, you really like Prague?
2: Oh, yeah. It's amazing. uh, It's beautiful.
1: Old stuff like Pink Floyd or new stuff like Chimp Spanner.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Alan Parsons Project all the way. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Eye in the sky, man.